That's fine. I'll help I'll you. Do it. All right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Good morning. Good evening. Or shit. Nope. That's definitely going in the open. Nope, that's not. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another wonderful installment of Matt and Dennis. May as well call it the Christmas edition. We are just days away uh, from Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and about a week or so away from getting this putrid, terrible year that has been 2020 out of the way. I am Matt Scarano. Thanks again for listening. I'm joined by my wonderful friend and co-host, in person, and uh, not the first time this has happened, but it is rare. Uh, it doesn't happen super often, and especially during a pandemic where things are not even remotely close to normal. We're lucky to do it. I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Dennis Vinci. Dennis, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Matt. I'm doing very well. Little stuffed up, a little congested because of uh, COVID. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding, folks. It's because of the good boy... That is Remy Scarano, the dog here. Yes, I have allergies. Yes, I've been playing with him. Yes, he's been jumping on me. Uh, he dismantled a little chew toy. Not even a chew toy. It was like a... Uh, it was made of, like, fabric. Dennis, if I had known coming into the mobile uh, temporary Matt and Dennis studio here in the basement in, in southern Connecticut, the shoreline of Connecticut, if I would known that would be a problem, I wouldn't have brought you here. It's really not a problem. It just becomes a problem after a while. And when I allow the dog to jump on me, I sit on couches where the dog has been. You know, eventually I'm just going to get congested. You can kind of hear it in my voice. I can, I can, you know, I'm still a little stuffed up, but you know what? We have these uh, lovely beers that were supplied by the local liquor, st- liquor store. Yep. Uh, these shots. Thank you, Kenny Chesney, for sending them yep. over. You're still working on yours because you're a lady. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Support, we'll, get, we'll get through this. Support local uh, local North Haven businesses. Uh, thank you to the hard hat. It uh, might have been on the Wallingford line when I hit up this package store, but, you know, either way. Support Wallingford, North Haven. Either way. And, and we're here in Connecticut. I mean, and not to, not to uh, hype up our own soapbox here, but Dennis obviously is usually broadcasting from Virginia. I'm usually broadcasting from Michigan, and we're here in uh, Connecticut. <laughs> For this is probably the second or third time we've broadcasted um, in Connecticut and done a live show, but um, all that aside, all the pleasantries aside, which there are plenty of, um, we got to talk sports, and there's a lot. Uh, again, as uh, it's been the last couple weeks, a lot of good, mostly bad, and uh, we're gonna try to get into it. We're gonna um, cover it. We're gonna debate it. So, um, and before we get to what a lot of the Matt and Dennis supporters, I think, want to hear, <laughs> we'll talk college first. Um, the college football playoff comes out. Um, their, their rankings. Um, and Notre Dame, Notre Dame lost to Clemson. And uh, Dennis, as he sits here in the studio wearing his Notre Dame sweatshirt, Notre Dame had beaten Clemson in South Bend. Uh, a month, a month and a half, two months ago, whatever it was, um, they were very. Uh, they went very viral for having the students storming the field, and they beat Clemson. Which the one of the big notes was that Notre Dame beat Clemson. The other big note was maybe as big, if not bigger, was that Notre Dame beat Clemson without a one Trevor Lawrence, who will also come back into this conversation 
on the back end of the show when we shift over to the NFL. But Notre Dame beat Clemson, big deal. And Notre Dame was like, we are in the driver's seat. We're the number two seed at that point. We have a shot at being the number one if Alabama fumbles, which not a lot of people thought they would, no pun intended. Um, But there was a possibility that Notre Dame could potentially get that number one spot. Notre Dame eventually does run into Clemson this past weekend with Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence, of course, plays like a healthy Trevor Lawrence. And uh, Notre Dame sits in, what, the fourth spot now? They do. So while the top four, and we've talked about it on Matt and Dennis, we've had Ellis come on the show in the past uh, two or three weeks, we've talked about are these four teams in it? And assuming they are, how do they shift? And they're all still there, as most of us thought they would be, but they have shifted. Um, so it's going to be Alabama number one, Clemson number two, Ohio State number three, Notre Dame number four, playing on New Year's Day. I think the games are 4.30 and 8. Um, so, again, the shift is exciting. I've given my two cents on how I think the system's unfair. If we get to that, we get to that. But maybe that's for another time. Dennis, as a big Notre Dame fan, sitting here wearing his Notre Dame sweatshirt. Dennis, we'll get we'll get to the playoffs, and we have our bowl picks along with our NFL picks. But I, I, I want to ask you at first, we've talked, again, like I just mentioned, at length about are these the four teams that stay? And if they do stay, do they shift? And Notre Dame shifted. And is this something that, especially when you beat Clemson, um, back in October, November, whenever it was, is this something you saw happening? Are you happy? Are you content? Are you ticked off? Where are you at with Notre Dame? And then where are you at with how how the top four, how the college football playoff played itself out? Uh, so I'll start with just initial reaction from championship Saturday, which when I mentioned to multiple people, they had no idea what I was talking about. And that is something that is within the college football realm. The final Saturday of the season is championship Saturday. Get your heads out of your asses. It's conference championship. Now, there were awesome games on Friday night as well. I congratulated you on the Mac that was being played at Ford Field. Hashtag, where you, where you hashtag Maction. Uh, Ball State, huge upset over undefeated Buffalo. Buffalo was running terror in the Mac all year long, scoring Unlimited amounts of points. Peterson, their running back, nearly broke the all-time uh, rushing touchdown record for a game, and yet Lance Lightbolt took him out when they were on the 35-yard line, and the backup would then scamper in for what would eventually be like a 30- or 25-yard touchdown run. Just everyone was up in arms about it. But he tied uh, Archie Griffin's seven-touchdown record, or eight-touchdown, I think it was seven that he had, whatever it was. But Ball State, huge congrats, big win. Obviously, they're going to a bowl game regardless. Also, preface this, which we'll mention when we get to our bowl picks, every team was eligible this year to get to a bowl game. So mm-hmm. there, you will see some teams in leagues that have more bowl bids than other leagues that will get in with under the six-win mark, which is usually the threshold you have to reach to get to a bowl game. Uh, some of them have already backed out because of COVID issues. So. Right. The bowl games are dwindling as we speak. But for the big boys, the big four that took place on Saturday 
One, I'll, I'll start with this really quickly because I say the big four because I've mentioned the power five all year long. The Pac-12s is always Friday night. That's just how they do it. They try to stand out. They had issues themselves because Colorado could have played their way in, but they lost to Utah, and they kind of screwed themselves because then they would kind of they kind of lost out on any tiebreaker they had over USC. USC was in, but USC was supposed to play Washington. Washington could not play due to COVID, and they wanted to make the decision early, so they decided to opt out on Monday, giving Oregon the bid into the conference championship, and Oregon won. And Oregon should not have won. Yeah. Not to say that it was... Uh, it's a great game to watch. It, it was fun. It was, I guess, entertaining. But to me, Keaton Slovis, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not the best, in and I'm, a, I'm saying league by league in Pac-12, in the Pac-12 conference, mm-hmm. not the entire yeah. entirety of college football. He played like crap. Uh, Shuck... For Oregon, he looked kind of crappy. He didn't really do much. But Oregon ran the football well. They played really good defensively. But Slovis turned the ball over way too much, and it just it really killed the Pac-12 because it would have been a fun argument to see the committee who was behind Ohio State from the get-go, who would only is going to play six, six games after their Big Ten win against Northwestern on Saturday, getting made into the college football playoff when USC would have also played six total games, been undefeated, and had be and would have beaten two ranked teams as well. Now, were they as good as Indiana and Northwestern? Maybe not, but still two ranked wins, still the same amount of games. It really would have been an interesting argument for the committee to answer why they didn't view USC the same as they did Ohio State. When coming into championship week, USC was ranked 15th and Ohio State was ranked 4th. So it, it would have been a fun debate. But unfortunately, USC did what USC does. When everyone thinks that they are on their way back, they blow it, lose, and Oregon, who completely irrelevant, already having two losses, going to a bowl, that's fine. But, you know, it, it, it's not what was going to help college football. On to Saturday, uh, the Big 12 game, incredible. Absolutely incredible game. The fight from Iowa State coming back in that football game after Oklahoma was up 17-0. Mm-hmm. Matt Campbell losing his mind on the sideline from the minute into the game, literally with, pointing at the the rep and and the thing that I didn't and they they clearly. I'm glad you watched this. Yeah, I, I think this was by design from I, I forget what network it was on. It was I think on it was, ESPN. So it was on ESPN. I think it's by design by the cameraman by ESPN because he's pointing and one of the the side referees, silent referees, is kind of like nudging him. And of course, like there are guys on the coaching staff or on the sideline that are literally there to make sure the coach stays on the sideline, doesn't get unsportsmanlike or personal, so on and so forth. And he's literally pointing. And this is not just one time, two times, three times. This is a good few minutes of him pointing one finger at the referee saying how he messed up an offsides call. And, I mean, I I give him credit, and and it wasn't, I mean, I, I can understand a, a coach being mad that his players are getting gypped, but it's it's one thing if it's, you know, fourth quarter and every call matters. That's another thing. It was 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, I could be wrong. Fact check me, Dennis. Uh, I believe it wasn't any more than five or ten minutes into the first quarter. It was under a minute. And it was 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah. <laughs> it was under a minute. To be fair, it was one of their better defenders and their safety. 
He's ejected from the game. And there were blatant. It was it was blatantly offsides. There were like two or three times before that ball was even. Oh no! You're talking about that was the second quarter, when Iowa State had the ball. I'm talking about so in the beginning of the game, Iowa State's best defender, their safety, was ejected for targeting. Okay, so and yeah. Going back to replay. I'm talking about the offsides call. He was leading with his shoulder. He's making a, a point to the refs and yelling at them, saying that that's a football play. He's mm-hmm. not trying to target them. But on their further review, they eject him. So now Iowa State was without their best defender two minutes into the football game. Now we jump to the second quarter with about six minutes left. They're already down 17 nothing. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy gets them to jump off sides. They don't call it. The second time, they jump off sides, and Matt Campbell doesn't see right. it on the field because he's running down the sideline to the ref to call a timeout because right. the play clock is running down. When he sees it then on the jumbotron, that's when he completely loses his mind. But the issue is... And the people on the game call made the right decision and the radio call. If there was no contact from the defensive lineman to the offensive lineman, you don't need to call it. Right. It needs to be pointed out. And, and nobody moved. But, I mean, you had I mean, you had probably six to seven Oklahoma defenders jump off sides within ten seconds of two and of, of, it, two, and you, of two huddle huts and from you, Brock Purdy. And you see, like, the, the, the shot that I saw, there, there are multiple shots of this of this controversy if you want to call it that and there's a shot from the other sideline and you see the iowa state uh a sideline reacting in real time yeah and you see it once twice and you see them throwing their arms up and, yeah. and no call yeah you saw it from offensive linemen yeah. you saw it from receivers you saw it from brock purdy the quarterback uh it all kind of worked out iowa state was still able to score on yeah. the drive uh but yes it's a fourth that was a fourth and two play so he's trying to draw them off sides, and he does draw them off sides two separate times, but they don't call it. They do end up getting the first down on a fourth and two play. Then they are able to score. But Iowa State then is coming back, and Brees Hall scores two clutch touchdowns in the second half. He was the best running back in college football this season. I'm pretty sure he led the league in rushing. I, I would have to double check, but I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, which was a huge shock because he was not supposed to. People talked Travis Etienne from Clemson and obviously Chuba Hubbard, who had declared for the draft moments mm-hmm. after their final game a week and a half ago, was going to. And they both Travis Etienne for the most part did not disappoint, but in big games he did disappoint. But regardless, it's Brees Hall, hell of a season. So he might be on to bigger and better things, maybe as a late round draft pick in the NFL, right. and could find himself a nice home in the NFL. But awesome game. At the end of the day, though, Oklahoma survives and they win, and it's their defense. And this is six straight Big 12 titles for them. So kudos to Lincoln Riley and that staff and the people that were there before him. Shout out to Temple, who uh, will play Oklahoma in 2024. Well, Spencer Rattler probably won't be there, but I will say this. <laughs> probably Mark not. it there where Spencer Rattler, as a red shirt, he was a sophomore this season, but he redshirted, so he has two full more years yeah. of eligibility. People were hyped up for this season because he was technically the first prospect that Lincoln Riley brought in he, because formerly he had Baker, Baker Mayfield as a transfer, Heisman winner, obviously, Kyler Murray, Heisman winner, both of, both of whom transferred. Spencer Rattler is the first one that Lincoln Riley really recruited, brought in, and is going to learn the system. He struggled early, but he's young, so I expect more big things. But the way Alex Grinch, their defensive coordinator, changed their defense this year I expect huge things from Oklahoma next year. They're in a bowl game, obviously, after winning their conference. Also leaping undefeated Cincy. We can get into that later. But 
it, you know, I, I don't agree with that. But, uh... uh Go ahead. No, 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 no. Continue. Okay. So next, obviously, the big one, which took place at the same time, was the Big Ten. Everyone was freaking out because Northwestern looked really good offensively early on. Their defense, obviously, which was tops in the country, they were the sixth best rushing defense but, in the country. But, but you and, lose and, late in the season to Michigan State. Yeah, and they did not look good in that game. And then you're playing an opponent in Ohio State who just thro- just put the pedal down and did not stop and absolutely crushed them. But everyone was saying, oh, is, is Ohio State on the ropes here? But it was kind of, to me, and I sent some text messages to people like, look, we saw this game last year. Wisconsin had them on the ropes last year mm-hmm. in the Big Ten title game. And then Ohio State in the second half, they say Ohio State? Yeah, Ohio State just run, ran away with it. They didn't do that necessarily in this game. Now, Justin Fields looked okay. Hats off, though, to Trey Sermon, as one Toby Rowland from Oklahoma would say, the minister. He looked okay, but he didn't look what, and 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 I mean we're, we're again we're gonna get in the NFL as we typically do. We go college first, we go NFL first. Justin Fields, like you just mentioned, looked okay, but now and 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 again, I just want to touch on this very extremely briefly because we're gonna go into this. But now that Trevor Lawrence and everything's been mixed up, and Justin Fields did had an okay game. Like, again, for my Temple Owls, if you threw Justin Fields that performance on Temple, that's an amazing performance. But for Justin Fields and what he's expected to do at this late in the game, going into the college football playoff, not a great performance from Justin Fields. Yeah, and people are asking if, one, did he try to do too much and try to elevate Ohio State's performance so that they could get that extra bump into the college football playoff? He didn't. One, he would not have to do that because they were going to get in whether they won. Right. If they won... They're in regardless. 99%. But he doesn't know that, and obviously maybe he's doing too much. Right. Also, he told the sideline reporter that maybe he has a serious thumb sprain, which could have affected his throwing ability. But look, it all came down to Northwestern being the sixth best rush defense in the country, and Ohio State in Trey Sermon, who transferred from Oklahoma because he couldn't win the starting job, came to Ohio State and did not win the starting job over Master Teague. And Master T gets injured, and Trey Sermon goes ahead and sets an Ohio State all-time rushing record in a Big Ten title game for well over 300 rushing yards. Credit the offensive line. Credit the tight ends for blocking. And, of course, credit him for finding the holes and doing what he did. Ohio State wins a defensive battle during the playoff. Uh, The next big game, and obviously, to me, those were appetizers for the main course, and that was Notre Dame and Clemson. And it did not live up to that because my <laughs> Irish looked like that crap. game was look early on. Like, fine, they drove down the field. They did what they do. They kick a field goal. They held Clemson to a, a punt, but it got out of hand. Quick. It got there out was... of hand real quick. It's a game I have seen many, many, many times from Notre Dame on the big stage when people have made the argument for the last what feels like a decade, but it's more kind of like in eight to seven years or so where Notre Dame gets into the big game and they just look flat. And look, it, you can make the argument of how good they looked against Clemson in South Bend, but it's in South Bend. There were fans there. There was no Trevor Lawrence. But the issue is the trenches. Notre Dame could not run the football, and Clemson could not run the football in South Bend. It was vice versa. In in South Bend, Kyron Williams was the study was all season long. The offensive line dominated from the get-go for 60 minutes. In this game, 
The offensive line could not block. There were different blitz packages and different schemes set up by Brett Venables, who was one of the best defensive coordinators in football for Clemson. They were all over Ian Book's crap. He was scrambling every chance he got. They don't have a deep threat to look downfield. It was it, They're a constant check-down team. They had that covered from the get-go. Williams was irrelevant. And defensively, they were able to stifle Travis Etienne, who's one of the best running backs in the country. And in this game, they were not. There was a key play where they needed a stop, and Clemson went for it on fourth down. It was fourth and two, fourth and three. And Etienne, Etienne got the first down and got to the second level, and then the burst happened. And he ran it for a touchdown, and at that point, I think it was like 20, it was either 21-3 or 28-3, whatever, he made it in the first half. And I saw that play, and I'm like, this game's over. They can't stop that in plus territory. The game's over. So I'm hopeful for what we'll see from Notre Dame. We'll obviously do a show before the mm-hmm. playoff happens, so we'll be okay there. We'll preview that. We'll talk about that. We don't have to get into the depth with the matchups. But the way Notre Dame came out, it was it worried me a little bit that the committee would view that and then view what Texas A&M did on that same Saturday – to a Tennessee team and a Texas A&M team that would rattle off eight straight wins after the Alabama law or seven seven straight is wins there, after the Alabama laws. Dennis, is there? I mean, again, and and this isn't out of context because we've talked about this on every episode. Obviously, you and I have talked about it at length. We've had Ellis on to talk about it at length. Ellis is a Penn State fan. You're a Notre Dame fan. You're both fans of, of Power Five conference teams, and I come from a conference that on occasion, plays meaningful games against Power 5 opponents. And I've had my issues with how the Power 5 just schedules and how they've... Is this... Say, take off the Notre Dame sweatshirt for a second. And and what A&M's gone through. Florida obviously lost to Bama. They had the, the game against LSU. Cincinnati struggles against... Tulsa, but they they win. Is this, I mean, with all things considered, and and not having a horse in the fight, if you can remove that for a second, is th- is this right? Having Notre is, Dame is, the, is the top four no, just just is the top four is it correct right now? Yeah. Is, yeah. is the is the standing correct? And and, and I'm not asking that to say like, I, I want you to say that you believe this way so I can disagree with you. I'm just saying, is, is this right? No, yeah, it, it's right. It may not look fair, but it, the committee's job solely is to pick the best four teams in the country. They, in my mind, pick the best four teams in the country. Is there an argument to be made for A&M as a one-loss? Of course there is. But the committee is going to view them in an SEC, which should and has gotten the favorable draw they've had two teams in more they've they're the only league except for this year now to have two teams in the college football playoff in alabama and georgia alabama made it without winning their conference title game georgia won that year and because georgia beat all right but what the committee said and how they viewed it is notre dame kicked the crap out of north carolina a very potent offense they allowed them three points in the second half and completely turned the tables in that second half and destroyed them and blew them out. And then a week later, 
North Carolina blew the doors off of a Miami team mm-hmm. that was pretty much in the running. And people, yeah. there weren't enough people up in arms about them about the ACC canceling Notre Dame and Clemson's last games against Clemson against Florida State and Notre Dame against Wake Forest because if either of them were to lose, it would catapult Miami into the ACC title game. And not enough people were talking about that. And Miami to go out and get shellacked by a North Carolina team and North Carolina to show the offense that they have and they have shown all year, it then begs the question, okay, this Notre Dame defense is legitimate. The only team where they really allowed a lot of points was against Clemson. Right. Clemson is one of the better offenses in the league, even though they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Right. Texas A&M, they lose to an Alabama team by 28, or they lost to, it was either 28 or 25, and Notre Dame lost to Clemson by 28 or 24, whatever it was. So that was like the argument. So we're putting two, the argument for two one-loss teams who are losing to conference champions but who gets the edge? Does Notre Dame get an edge because they beat that conference champion earlier in the year? Now let's look at Florida. They don't help the SEC. They didn't help Texas A&M. Florida, A&M beat Florida only by three. Game-winning field goal as time expired. In College Station, like the third or fourth week of the year. Right. Third, third or fourth week of the year. Well, Florida then was at home and lost to LSU. So you can't have that happen. And then Florida comes out and goes toe-to-toe with Alabama and almost comes out with it. But some bad play calling. Alabama scores late. They go for the onside kick. They don't get it. And then Trask gets sacked and time runs out. So they lose the game, which I guess that's – you don't have to spend time on the SEC title game now. But that's that's what separates it. So if that's what the committee is going to look at, yeah, Notre Dame, the strength of schedule, A&M has it. Strength of record, Notre Dame has it. And Notre Dame doesn't have a terrible strength of schedule. It's a little, it's a little worse than AM, but it's not terrible. And look, the teams that AM beat down the stretch, the SEC wasn't great this year. Auburn's not going to finish the year ranked. Ole Miss, South Carolina, Mississippi State, they're all under 500. Those are all teams that they beat down the stretch. So if that's what we're comparing, Notre Dame has a bit of an edge in the resume category. That's how I feel. I'm a tad biased when I say that. Yeah, a little bit. But, look, to me, I would love to see Notre Dame and A&M battle because it would be a battle in the trenches. It would be a bloody game just because it would be two two teams with really good defenses, with offenses that at time have looked suspect and have good running games. That is not what Alabama has, Clemson has, or Ohio State. Right. None of those three have great defenses, even though people have said Alabama's defense is getting better. Well, they just allowed forty plus to Florida, so I don't I don't know if it's getting better. Not that Florida has a bad offense. Kyle Trask could be a Heisman finalist, but so I'm okay with the Final Four. Well, all right. And, and I said that Saturday when everyone was giving me crap, right? Like, oh, Dennis, you what's happening? I'm like, I'll expect the wow text tomorrow at one o'clock when right. Notre Dame is the four seed. I knew what was going to happen. Everyone did. All right, Mateo. Your father was here. He, he came. He saw. He conquered. We've talked about it in the little intermission that we had that involved bathroom breaks. Uh, by far the best guest that the Matt and Dennis podcast has ever had. No offense to the great Dom Costanzo, Stephen Salvo, and Ellis Gill. I'm sorry. Big Dom takes the cake. I think that they would all agree. I think they would. I think they would. Yeah. 
Uh, we're going to move on. We're obviously way over yes. time that we normally do, but you know what? We might only have one episode this week, so when you think about it, this is why we did two episodes a week during football season so that we could recap and then have another one to preview and picks. We did all of that in this episode. And that plan never really worked out. Our episode just got longer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were still pretty much an hour to an hour and a half each. Either way, we were supposed to do like half hour to 30, 45 minutes. But now we have some bowl games. Luckily, not a ton. Only 25-ish, I think, is on uh, this is that list. That's all. <laughs> well, usually it's like 40-something. But because bowl season started so early, we are two, two behind that are being played today, and obviously uh, the championship game uh, that I guess counts but doesn't count. And then there are a bunch of bowls that have been postponed. And we will update, of course, as we go along. There are some bowls that may or may not take place because COVID can come up rapidly in any moment. But, Matthew, we will start tomorrow. It's December 23rd, and the first bowl that is taking place at 3 p.m. We will try to rapidly go through these, some of which will have some more explanations Mm-hmm. Than others, but for the most part, they're just going to be out of whim. But the R plus L Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Louisiana Tech, Georgia Southern. Who you got, baby? Louisiana Tech's honestly, yeah, I know we're just going to go like right through this, but Louisiana Tech's uh, been like surprisingly well this year. Georgia Southern has been like playing well the last few years, and they've gotten some national notoriety. I got to go with Louisiana Tech on this one, though. Matthew, I'm with you. I'm taking Louisiana Tech as well. Uh, really, for what you have said. They have played well. They're they're in to me a better conference than Georgia Southern. Or yeah. Uh, next game, Memphis at FAU, Florida Atlantic. Look, I would normally take Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic had an incredible year last year, mainly due to what Lane Kiffin installed there. Lane mm-hmm. Kiffin no longer there. He's at Ole Miss. Memphis, better conference in my opinion. The American. We've talked about the American on this podcast mm-hmm. multiple times this year. I'm gonna take Memphis. I think they can pull it off this. Yeah, I, 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 I am a big fan of both of these programs. One, because of my time I spent in Florida, and I, I want those teams to do well, and also because I am an alumnus, alumni of a uh, school from the American. Memphis is a fantastic team. Just their athletic department is is amazing, and, and Memphis football, uh, I got to, not to spend too much time on this game, but I, I got to see their um, stadium in person. It was awesome experience, even during the pandemic. Not that that's why I'm going to pick them, but um, I will pick Memphis over FIU, but credit to both of these programs significantly. FAU. What did I say? FIU. FIU. Yeah. No, FAU and Boca, uh, great program. Credit to both these programs, but I do go with Memphis. Then, of course, the Montgomery Bowl hitting to Christmas Eve, the first game kicking off in Frisco, Texas. The New Mexico Bowl, baby, always a headliner. Not really a headliner matchup in teams this year. Hawaii versus Houston. I'm taking Hawaii solely because, one, they're the Rainbow Warriors. It's one of the greatest names of all time in college sports. I agree. Two, Houston had a 12-game schedule this year. They pretty much played five total games. Their season's been all over the place with COVID. And some their fault, some not their fault. Not that COVID has been their fault, but some because of them and some because of opponents they have had. It's just been a mess of a year, and I'm just going to take Hawaii solely for the fact that I don't know what that program looks like right now after the catastrophe of a year they've had. Dennis, I'm actually going to disagree with you on this one. I'm going to take, uh, take Houston. Got to stick with the American. Um, I, I agree with what you said about the, the Houston program, but Hawaii, consider that they've, they're they literally sitting on an island, and uh, their schedule hasn't been normal either. I mean, they, they've played the majority of their schedule, credit to them. 
and Hawaii's always had a decent program, but uh, I, I think with American, um, uh, with Houston in the American Conference, I think they have more of the tools equipped, especially with what we've dealt with as a country this year um, to kind of fight through a bowl season or a bowl game, and I think they beat Hawaii here. Okay, I'll take it. But I won't disagree with you that Hawaii definitely has the best uh, team name and their best, oh, yeah. uh, the best Incredible. logo. Incredible. Uh, well, I don't know about the best logo. Well, I mean, the, they have an the awesome, cool rainbow or whatever. Well, Hawaii. there's the rainbow, but then there's another one where they have the map of Hawaii with the different islands yes. on the helmet. That yes. one's very cool. It's agreed. like black and green. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Matt, one game on Christmas Day this year. This is, of course, college football in a COVID year. Usually that doesn't happen. It's usually reserved for the NBA. NBA is not the forefront. We got NFL football and college football. 2.30 p.m., the uh, Camellia Bowl. I guess that's how you would say it. Taking place in Montgomery, Alabama. The Marshall. We are. Okay, I was, I was waiting for you to. <laughs> there you go. But taking on Buffalo and the fighting Lance Leipold. Uh, I'm taking Buffalo solely because Buffalo has been incredible this year. Look, a little stumble in the MAC championship against Ball State. Marshall, also an incredible year. Only two losses on the year. One of including their conference championship loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Doc Halliday has done for the Marshall football team, just incredible. They Hearing them talk and the pride that that team has for the Marshall alumni, for the Marshall fan, the people in West Virginia, what Marshall means to that community, it's kind of incredible. It kind of just encapsulates, encapsulates what college football or what college athletics means to certain small areas of the country. But with that said, I am taking Buffalo because they have just been so dynamic and so explosive offensively. I think they find a way to bounce back after that tough loss in the MAC title game. Dennis, everything you said about Marshall is uh, admirable and completely correct. Like that's a that's a great way to put it. And 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 the success they've had, and it's not just Marshall. It's the success that so many like other teams that have found their way to like Liberty, like Coastal Carolina, teams that no one in we'll the college those. football sphere would have thought about. Like you said, we'll get into those. But um, credit to them. But I, I will say I, I agree with you, and I have to go with Buffalo. And I also want to point out to any Buffalo fans that are listening, I think Buffalo, nice. Yeah. I think Buffalo has uh, a much brighter future, regardless of what happens in this bowl game. I think that team has aspirations of other of bigger conferences in the future for their football program. I agree with you. Go with Buffalo. And. Next bowl, this is now a Saturday, so obviously going to be filled with bowl games December 26th. Look, folks, if you do actually listen to this podcast, if if you go online, and obviously bowl season is, is rampant with tons of games, and this year it's a little different. As I prefaced before this started when we did the picks, there are way less bowl games this year. If there is one you are going to watch that I think delivers and will deliver, it's this one at your old stomping grounds and someplace you hope to get back to the Camping World. Actually, I don't think it's called Camping World Bowl. Absolutely. It's the Cure Bowl yep. at Camping World Stadium yep. in Orlando, Florida. Look, Liberty versus Coastal Carolina. These two teams were supposed to play each other. Liberty, unfortunately, in the middle of the week, their quarterback, Malik Wills, Willis, his first name is Malik, got COVID. Then it took out a unit on the offense. They could not play. BYU stepped in. Literally on Wednesday, and then Coastal Carolina, a big-time win. Just a, It was just an awesome game to watch, a fun game to watch. Coastal Carolina's had an unbelievable season, undefeated, 
winning their conference champion, championship game. I'm going to take Coastal Carolina because I really am hoping that they continue what they've done all year. I love what Hugh Freeze has done. Hugh Freeze will find him find himself back into the Power Five. Obviously, a former coach of Ole Miss, he got in some mm-hmm. big-time troubles off the field with allegations and recruiting, and everything was impacted, and he was ended up fired. He's been at Liberty for the last couple of years, but he has completely revitalized that program and brought them back into the uh, basically into the forefront of the group, as far as the group of five is concerned. But this, I'm telling you, is a bowl game outside of the New Year's Six and outside of the playoff games. Please watch this football game because you will absolutely be entertained. Yeah, Dennis, um, well, well, first off, I appreciate that little intro into that pick because that is a place I want to get back to, and Orlando is a place that is near and dear to my heart. That venue is a place that is near and dear to my heart and a place that I've been to on multiple different occasions for soccer and football and concerts and Citrus Bowl is is one of the I mean it's it's technologically not as advanced as a lot of stadiums but as far as good memories good times that is creme de la creme as far as I'm concerned and this is a great matchup Dennis I'm going to agree with you I'm going to go with Coastal Carolina both of these teams have so much to 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 be proud of they they've had a really great season but Coastal Carolina has been tested in a way that Liberty has not so for that reason, I'm going to go with Coastal Carolina. And uh, again, and we're going to talk about, I believe, at least one more game that is in that same venue um, before we're done. But uh, yes, I go with Coastal Carolina. This is going to be a fantastic game. And, and I would encourage uh, fans that don't have a horse in the top four race to, to, to dial in to this matchup and support these two schools because this is going to be kind of when you look at these two schools that really don't have the power five schedule that have made it into this kind of level of a bowl game. These are going to be kind of the schools at the forefront, like your UCFs, like your Cincinnati's. And these two schools are significantly smaller than both of those that have this stage. So I would uh, suggest people tune into this one, but again, coastal Carolina. Yeah. I, Complete echo with what you said. Just, I mean, I'm telling you, please watch this football game. What the Chanticleers have done, what Jamie Chadwell has done for that program. I'm telling you, if you want to watch a football game and you want you want that March Madness-esque of a college football game Great where, point. like, a team, you see the players or the, or the coaches crying after a football game, this will be one of those football games you see. Not so much maybe Hugh Freeze because Hugh Freeze has been there, done that. But there are players on his team that will do that. Coastal Carolina, win or lose. It's killing me that I forget the quarterback's name right now, but I've had a few beers and I can't remember. But Jamie Chadwell <laughs> is the head coach, and I'm telling you, he is un. He calls he calls their teams barred yard animals because the Chanticleer apparently is like a chicken rooster type thing, a barred yard. Like that's, I guess it's kind of like the peacock of the rooster family or whatever. That's what a Chanticleer is, and that is what their nickname is. I'm telling you, it'll be an emotional game. It'll be awesome to watch. Absolutely, please watch it. No, it's a great way to put it. Um, speaking of a team that was supposed to play Coastal Carolina in the Fun Belt, that is the Sun Belt, some people call it the Fun Belt because that's how much fun they have down there. I'm telling you, that's a real thing. I'm not just making this up out of whim. <sighs> Louisiana facing uh, UTSA, that is University of Texas, San Antonio, in the Surf Pro First Responder Bowl. It's in Dallas. Maybe a little home field advantage for San Antonio, but I'm taking Louisiana and the Raging Cajuns because 
this is a Raging Canyons team that beat Iowa State this year. They were playing in their conference championship for a reason. We were supposed to get Louisiana versus Coastal Carolina. We did not get them due to COVID. So Louisiana chomping at the bit. They want a playoff, well, playoff win, but a bowl postseason win. To move along, uh, again, credit to, like Dennis said, to Texas San Antonio, but I will agree with Dennis. I'm going with the Raging Cajuns. They've had a good year. No reason to think that they uh, will succumb to Texas San Antonio. Yes. Uh, we can move along right past this one, and you were not wrong, Matt, with the Camping World Bowl. They're coming up pretty quickly, but not this one. The Lending True Bowl, Western Kentucky, Georgia State. I will take Georgia State just because... This is in Orlando, right? No, this one is not. This oh. one is in Mobile, Alabama. And I'm taking it solely for the fact that Georgia State might have a better turnout. And they're actually not a terrible football team. This is a team that beat Tennessee a year ago. Mm-hmm. And they still have a Correct. lot of guys yep. still on that football team. So, nothing against Western Kentucky, but a little home field advantage for Georgia State. Let's make things fun. I'll take Western Kentucky on this one, Dennis. There you go, baby cakes. Here is your Camping World Bowl game, December 29th, the Cheez-It Bowl. Folks, we're starting to get into a couple of teams we'll you might Orlando. have heard of. The Oklahoma State Cowboys facing the Miami Hurricanes. Maybe a bit of a home game for the Miami Hurricanes. It's going to yep. take place at Camping World in Orlando. And I'll tell you what, as much as I want to pick against Miami, because I really do like Oklahoma State, I'm going to take Miami, because Miami's had such a great year under Manny Diaz. The defense has really come together. De'Ara King, I... He better come back next year. He needs another year in a college program, and I really think another year he could become a second-round draft pick in the NFL and maybe find his way on a team. Maybe not as a quarterback, but someone that becomes kind of an intermittent guy, maybe plays some receiver, some halfback. Is I don't know if he's going to be a quarterback, but Miami can't have a showing that they did last year in the bowl game where they were shut out by a group of five team that literally got in with six wins so I will take Miami. It will be tough because Oklahoma State has a very good defense. But I think Miami has something to prove here. And they need momentum going into next season. Dennis, this, this is probably one of the toughest ones we're going to pick because you're right. Oklahoma State has a great defense. Miami is a great team. But Miami has given a lot of people skepticism in the, in the way they've played against teams that they should be beating in, in the last few weeks. But you're right. I mean... If, if they allow fans at the Citrus Bowl, uh, like I've mentioned, it's an amazing venue. If they allow fans there, they're going to be Miami fans. Oklahoma State, that having been said about Miami, Oklahoma State has not won games that they should have won. And the games that have meant much to the Oklahoma State community against rivals and games that they should have won, they can't find ways to win. And it, th- this, is a, this is a tough game. And I, I hesitate to do this, but I'm. And this is probably the toughest one we've picked so far. I'm going to go with you, and I'm going to go Miami. But, I mean, if I'm wrong, it's not going to be one where I'm, I'm, I'm not. It's not going to be one where I'm like, wow, how did I miss that? Okay. But, I, but I will, for the time being, I will go Miami. Matt, December 30th, we're approaching the new year. Duke's Mayo Bow. That's right. Back when things were rough, by the way, in early September – the Duke's Mayo Bowl was sure to send out a tweet that they did saying, hey, I know things are tough and the college season looks grim, but just reminding you that there was a bowl game sponsored by mayonnaise. Just throw some mayonnaise on your sandwich <laughs> and everything will be okay. This is taking place at the Bank of America Stadium where the Carolina Panthers play, where the ACC title mm-hmm. game was. Wake Forest at Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, I'm, 
I'm going to go Wake Forest just because I have no faith in Wisconsin. They have looked really bad down the stretch. This was a team week one where we're like, oh, they're just going to win the division and they're going to be back in the Big Ten title game. And Graham Mertz, to his credit, looks really good. But you know what? I want to have some fun, and I'd like to see an ACC, ACC team take it over a Big Ten team. That's right, Ellis. Suck yeah. it. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree with you. I want an ACC team to take it over a Big Ten any day of the week, but I can't agree with you on that one. Okay. Maybe I'm still better than Temple lost to Wake Forest Maybe. In, in the bowl game a couple of years ago. But, um, yeah, I got to go with Wisconsin on that one. Uh, ACC other than Clemson and maybe North Carolina is not in love with the Big Ten, so I got to go with Wisconsin on that one. Okay. I also skipped over a bowl. My apologies. We're not so close to the new year. But back to the 29th of December, the Valero Alamo Bowl, Texas, Colorado. Give me. What are you filling your car up with? (laughs) There's a gas station across the street from my house. Is that what it is, Valero? It is. Uh, I'm taking the fighting buffs, baby. Give me Buffalo. This was a team that. Who is it? It's Texas to Colorado. Well, Texas versus Colorado. Give me the Buffaloes. They surprised everybody with the season that they had stumbled at home against utah in a game that had some snow on the ground awesome game not that that would be a disadvantage or advantage for either team because they both play in the mountains right uh but you know i'm not i'm not taking texas when texas needs to win sam ellinger throws interceptions so i I just i'm i'm pulling for colorado i want colorado to win so i'm going to pick colorado not i'm not saying that like they're better than texas because i don't believe they are i just want colorado to win so that's why i'm taking that's just going to be fun. Give me Texas because I'm going to create some separation right here. Probably. But that's why I do it. I can't get T-E-X. And I, I'm pretty sure if you consider you the college picks of last year, I'm 3-0 at this point. It's uh, true. Uh, we're moving on. We're back to December 30th, closing in on the new year. And for some reason, this bowl has a new sponsor in front of it, the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. I feel like that used to just be the Music City Bowl. I don't know why, but it's still taking place at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, and that is Iowa versus Missouri. Uh, I'm going to take Iowa because Iowa has not lost a game since starting the season 0-2. To preface this, they have shut down football activities this week as of this recording due to COVID, so we will see if next week this game happens. Missouri was ranked 25th coming into last weekend when they played Georgia, and Georgia kicked the crap out of them to finish the season. But Missouri still finished the year 5-4, and four, I believe, which fairly decent for a first-year coach in Eli Drinkwitz. Yeah, Dennis, um, I'm going to agree with you, and I'm going to go with Iowa for the sake of time. Okay. Well, not for the sake of time. I believe Iowa's going to win that game, but, but I'm not going to go in-depth on it for the sake of time. Okay. Well, on December 30th, closing out the night, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl taking place at Jerry World, the Oklahoma Sooners, and the Florida Gators. This is a tough one, and I'm going to let you go first. Well, I think Ugh. I for a little bit. Yeah, this this is tough, and I'm curious. I'm more curious what you're going to say, but I, I, oh, it, it, it's it's tough because you look at the way they played against Alabama, which was yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean they 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 took their foot off the gas. Alabama ran out like everyone thought they would, but Florida never, like, gave up. And Florida had a shot. Not a great shot, but they had a shot at the end of the game. But then you go the week before that, and you lose at home to LSU, a team that couldn't get out of their own way. So it's it's so tough to find. And, and 
Consistency wins. And the Florida Gators are not consistent. I got to go with Oklahoma. Wow, see? I think I'm going with the Oklahoma I was going to go Florida, too, but I'm looking at this where I want to take Oklahoma because, look, Lincoln Riley, after winning, well, it's not his because he hasn't been coaching for six straight years, but Oklahoma just won their sixth straight Big 12 title game over Iowa State. Not all of them over Iowa State, but their sixth straight Big 12 title game. And he tweeted Michael Jordan a gif holding up six fingers after Michael Jordan won his sixth NBA title. There's a swagger there. I kind of want to take Oklahoma. They've been one of the hottest teams in college football. Are you are you pretending like you didn't know what you were going to pick before right I, now? I literally had Florida written, and then I was like, I don't know. And then I looked at you, and I'm like, I want you to go first because I don't know if I want to keep You're this. You were going to base it off of what I said. And then I deleted it. I kind of want to keep going Florida because I think Florida needs momentum. Do it. Do it. I'm going to – I'll do – Do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to put Florida in. Florida's there. There it is. I'm going to put Florida there because I'll tell you what, Dan Wallen, if if your players don't show up, this is the issue where we get to these bowl games, these New Year's Six games. If players are going to opt out, if players aren't going to play, they don't care. Oh, we're out in the playoff. Eh. What, this well, is we're what, already at like this, two and a half hours on the this, show. Tonight, this was so. the this was the issue when Texas played Georgia and Georgia was going to steamroll them, and right. Texas walked in there and kicked the crap out of them. And Sam Ellinger declared on their podium, "We're back." Well, that was three years ago, and Texas clearly isn't back. They still suck. They haven't been in a big four final <laughs> game since. So, so I mean, that, but I I think Flor I think Florida can get it. I will not be surprised surprised if Lincoln Riley. Takes it home. The Lockheed Martin or Arm- so on. You went. You're, you're Florida. I am Florida. Okay. I'm gonna take Florida. I I don't want to second guess myself, even though Oklahoma is hot as hell. Give them a week, maybe Florida can prepare. The Lockhead Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Tulsa, Mississippi State. Give me Tulsa. Give me the Golden Hurricanes. I'm sorry, I'm not taking a below 500 team in Mississippi State. I know Mike Leach can probably dial up some. Gaudy offenses, but I'll tell you what, they looked really good week one against LSU, and we were like, ooh, this team might be able to score some points. They might be able to hang with some teams. And then they fell completely flat and sucked. Tulsa, and they get better. And they challenged a really good Cincinnati team on the road in a monsoon and almost won. Give me the Golden Heart game. Dennis, uh, I was about to say, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. And obviously, as the uh, you're, resident... You're, you're biased American. No, I'm not. As, a, as the resident American conference uh, fan here, you're right. Tulsa played a fantastic Cincinnati team really well in, a terrible, uh, in terrible conditions. Mississippi State is... Is not, Mississippi State would... They wouldn't be Mississippi State would struggle outside of the SEC. And, and and that's that's not an opinion. That's a, a matter of fact. And, uh, yeah, no, there, there's there's no question I think Tulsa should have the heavy hand in this game. Don't, Mississippi State comes in and finds a way to win. Won't be shocked. But, no, with, with the way that Tulsa has played in the American, absolutely. Like it, their, their recruiting class is, is like the UCF of the Southeast. Tulsa is going to get those schools in the Midwest that those Midwest SEC, Big Ten, Big 12 schools do not get. And they've been fantastic, and the the fruits of their labor are showing off. Absolutely Tulsa over Mississippi State. Okay. Next, 
on New Year's Eve. The Arizona Bowl taking place in Shocker, Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> Ball State, the MAC champs against San Jose State, the Mountain West champs. I'm taking San Jose State. Look, they beat a Boise State team that was really good this year, and they looked really good doing it. Brett Brennan, top-notch coach out west. Uh, st- uh, I can't even remember his last name, the quarterback. Starts with an S. Stick'em, Stidham, something along those lines. Steichen, something like that. It's got a K in there somewhere. He looked incredible. I'm taking that. I know Ball State looked really good in the MAC title game against a really good Buffalo offense, but I'm taking San Jose because I'm. you can't glance over this fact. San Jose, because of COVID, literally did not practice or hold a game in California this season. They practiced outside of the state, played outside the state, still won the conference title game, still finished undefeated in their conference season when the Mountain West started. They came in 6-0 and were able to get ranked by the committee at 24-25 going into conference title uh, week and won this game. I don't know where they're currently ranked. Finished the year 7-0, I think. Mm -hmm. So I know Ball State is probably ranked now because they won their conference title taking San Jose. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ball State playing uh, right in their own backyard in Tucson or something. That's obviously a joke. Um, yes, Dennis, I agree with everything you said. For the sake of time, San Jose State is going to win this. That was a, an awesome game. Had a blast watching them. Um, Ball State just does not uh, have the competition that San Jose State has had. I, I, I'm gonna, I feel fairly comfortable taking San Jose State. Okay. Next game, I preface this by saying you should have watched one game in this bowl season, and that is Coastal Carolina. If there was another game you should watch, it's this game. The only reason it's not number one is because it's probably not going to be a very entertaining game. And that's West Virginia versus Army in the Liberty Bowl, right? Yeah, in Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium in Memphis, Memphis. Tennessee. The only reason I say it's not going to be very entertaining is because Army has a young, young quarterback they also run the option offense. It is not very entertaining to watch this season because it's not being run to perfection. West Virginia has a very good defense, but at times has looked terrible, albeit near the last game of the year against Iowa State, where the Iowa State scored 42 points on them. So, yeah, I'm taking Army just because Army wants to play in this game. I know they want to play in this game. Jeff Munkin released a statement saying he wants to play in this game. Did radio interviews saying they want to play in the game, saying he had seniors tearing up when the Independence Bowl was canceled because they realized they will never get to play another down of Army football, and they are lucky to be in this spot due to COVID with West Virginia losing their opponent, which was Tennessee. So hats off to Army. I'm not going to say Army rolls or steamrolls because they just won't. Their offense is just not that good. They should have lost to Air Force and shouldn't have won the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. But with under 30 seconds to go, they got a rushing touchdown and won the game 10-7. to So hats off to the program for getting a bowl game. I'm super pumped that this is happening. It should happen. It just encapsulates what college football is and what means to – it's just it's what college football is. The Army deserves a bowl game. There is no other academy that has Air Force, Navy. They're not playing in a bowl game this year. Army's the only one representing them. They deserve to play. So you should watch it. 
I just don't know how entertaining it will be. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're right in the fact that they deserve a bowl game. Army, Army has played. They were fan- nine and two. Yeah, no, Army's been fantastic this year. They, they've had a great team. They've always been a very respectable football program. But you're wrong in thinking that they're going to be better than West Virginia. Oh. So there's another disagreement going there. Going against people that protect our freedom, that's, folks. That, that's great. Army can cry about how happy they are, or sad they are wow. for missing certain wow. games. That's that's wonderful. But they're not as good as West Virginia, and uh, West Virginia is going to smoke Army. My goodness. I'm just assuming there's a UAV over your house right now. Yeah, they're probably, like, <laughs> looking for me right now. Ready to pinpoint your bedroom. The uh, Mercari? Mercari? Well, Mercari. I don't even know. Texas Bowl. Arkansas, TCU. I don't know. I'm going to take... TCU in this one, you know what? I don't even know if TCU finished with a above 500 record. I know Arkansas did, and Felipe Franks, I don't even know if he's going to play in this game. He was injured the last two weeks. I'm going to take the Horn Frogs. You know why? Did TCU versus who? Versus Arkansas. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on that one. Going to take TCU. TCU. Yeah. TCU. All right, we're getting to some games that uh, mean more, matter more. How many, yeah, how many are left? Uh, there's quite a few. There's two, oh, four. There's this five, episode is two and a half hours long. There's five games left, and we haven't even hit the playoff yet. This is, uh, by the way, um, breaking news. This is uh, the Matt and Dennis Christmas special, two and a half hour long episode. You're welcome. Could be. Uh, Matt, ringing in the new year at noon, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Cincinnati versus Georgia. Look, you go first. Go ahead. God, yeah, no, that's tough. And uh, Dennis... I, I know you're an American guy. I I would be ashamed, and I would have to give up everything I've stood for if I would not stand behind everything I've said all year. Give me the Cincinnati Bearcats. I love it over the Georgia Bulldogs. Cincinnati is not just the best team in the American Conference. They are fantastic. Top ten, excuse me, top five team. Much better than the majority of the SEC. That includes the Georgia Bulldogs. Give me the Cincinnati Bearcats. You hear that playoff committee? Top five, not just top ten. I love it so much, I'm going to disagree with you. I love Cincinnati. Please. Love Luke Fickle. Love Desmond Ritter. Look, what they did, that monsoon of a rainstorm that they played in and got a game-winning field Great goal. Great stadium, Tulsa. by the way. Look, not. I don't care if it's Tulsa and they're ranked 24th in the country. It didn't matter. You had to fight for every inch of that football game. That's what the American Conference is. It's really good football teams playing each other. And Tulsa's a really good football team. Look, Georgia, to me, though, has something to prove because they've been in these bowl games before and they've looked flat, I've already said it, against Texas, and they got the crap kicked out of them. And it was like, oh, I don't know about Kirby Smart. I don't know about this Georgia football team. Look, you have momentum to build here. You have JT Daniels who has to come out. You have a really, really good defense that a lot of these guys are going to be drafted. But you need to win this football game. You need to send your recruits a message. You need to go into 2021 saying that we are still on pace with the Florida Gators in the SEC East. They have to win this football game. That's why I am taking Georgia. Continuing on New Year's Day, we are heading back to your homeland, the Verbo Citrus Bowl, Auburn, Northwestern. Give me Northwestern. Look, Brian Harson. he was just confirmed head coach of Auburn. He's not going to be coaching this game, obviously, but Gus Malzahn being fired Really stupid. Probably, I don't know why. It probably did. headed to Temple as the Temple head, future Temple head coach. Somehow I doubt that, but Same. I, <laughs> I don't know why they would fire Melzon. It's just stupid Auburn and the politics that goes on there. That's a 
we could spend a third of an episode on that and my thoughts on that. Congrats on Brian Harkson getting the job. I hope he has success there. But look, Northwestern under Pat Fitzgerald, he's one of the most underrated coaches in football. And the way that their defense has played this year, I'll be interested to see if their offense can hang and score enough points, but I know their defense can pose problems for Bo Nix and Auburn's offense. I will take Northwestern. Dennis, this is another tricky one for me. Auburn has been just awful, and that's not just SEC awful. That's That could translate to a lot of other divisions. And obviously you and Ellis and our friends like to make fun of me for living in Lansing, Michigan, thinking I am this Michigan Michigan State fanatic that, I, that just simply – does not exist. Don't forget about the Detroit Tigers. Lions. But yes, of course. Uh, you guys all think I'm some oh fanatic of those teams. Michigan State beat Northwestern. Yes, they did. At Spartan Stadium in East Lansing. And Northwestern looked awful. And Auburn has looked awful. Neither of these teams, I'm not convinced that either one. I, 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 if I had a significant, if, if you gave me money and I had to put them down on either one of these, I would not feel good about doing putting money on either one of these teams. But for this case, I have to. And I have to say, as terrible as Northwestern has looked against some of the worst Big Ten teams, including Michigan State, Auburn has looked worse against some of the worst teams in the SEC. Give me Northwestern. This is going to be an interesting one because we're not disagreeing on many. There are going to be some key, two or three. Yeah. Key, key matchups in this battle. The next game. We're in the new year. It's January 2nd. What that date is, like the day of the week, I have no 2020 idea. 2020 part two. But always a barn burner, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Whether that is or is, I don't know. But it takes place in Jacksonville. It's a nooner, so I'm assuming this is a Saturday. NC State versus Kentucky. Kentucky can pose some problems. Now, mm-hmm. again, this is a 4-6 and six football team. Not great. This is not the Kentucky team that beat Penn State a year or two years ago yep. in the New Year's Six Bowl. A little bit different, but what Stoops is doing, he's trying to build some things. With that said, I'm taking NC State. NC State won eight football games this year. So I I have no right. What you just said, like with your pick between Northwestern and Auburn, I have no rhyme or reason. I would not put money on either one of these teams. Right now, for whatever reason, Kentucky is favored. I don't know if Vegas knows something that I don't. But I'm going to take NC State. I think that they have played more competition this year. They've looked better against better-ish competition or more equal competition this year. With that said, maybe Stoops dials something up defensively and it's just a slugfest and a disgusting football game that nobody wants to watch and Kentucky wins. But, again, a little bit of ACC bias. I'm taking NC State. Keep it short and sweet. Dennis, I agree with you. NC State. Well, this is all for fun. We've agreed on everything. No, we haven't. There's like three differences there. Three differences. Matt, another famous game that usually is on the New Year's-ish of occasions, but the Outback Bowl, the Ole Miss Rebels, the Indiana Hoosiers. Look, Ole Miss, big time year under Lane Kiffin in year one. They can score some points, but I'm sorry. L-E-O. That means love each other. Tom Allen. Tom Allen has one of he's one of the coaches, if not the coach, to steal this year in college football for his post-game antics, for what he has said, his emotions. 
I love this Indiana Hoosier football team. It started week one when they upset Penn State. They've been rolling ever since. Their huge comeback against Ohio State. That was their one flop of the, if you can call that a flop, by losing by seven on the road to an Ohio State team that's now in the playoff. Give me the Indiana Hoosiers. I hate you because I have to agree with you. I was I thought you were gonna take all mess. Yeah, I gotta go Indiana as well. Hell no, son. The PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, the Oregon Ducks, your Pac-12 champs against your Iowa State Cyclones. Look, I just talked about a coach stealing headlines for his post-game antics for his emotions. Matt Campbell is number two, if not one B on that list. Give me Iowa State. Oregon, I'm sorry. I know you won your conference final game, but you weren't supposed to be in there. You haven't looked good this year. Iowa State is going to come to play for their head coach. They, they, they're going to, this game won't be close. This is the one game I look on this list that I've picked so far that I'm confident, and if it's not, I'll eat my crow when we talk about it in Jan- on January cool. 10th or whatever. This but, is fun then because give me the Oregon Ducks. Oh, Dad. I agree with you, Dennis. They have not played well, but that game against USC, they are fired up. They played a USC team that was better than they were, significantly better than they were. But Oregon showed up to play in every facet of the game, and honestly, if they have that performance against Iowa State, I think they can beat Iowa State. Okay. I, I, Iowa State's a great team, don't get me wrong, but I'm not scared of Iowa State if I am an Oregon team. I know if you come out with the same performance against USA, against Iowa State, you'll hang in there. At, at the very least, I'm taking Oregon. I think you're out of your mind. But if you're an avid cool. fan of the Matt and Dennis podcast, you're well aware that I'm not good at these things. <laughs> yeah, so, usually when I'm out of my mind, I am right. <laughs> Next, and the final of the New Year's Six games, the Capital One Orange Bowl, the Texas A&M Fighting Aggies against the North Carolina Tar Heels. <sighs> I really want to take... This is an take, easy one. This is an easy one. I really want to take Texas A&M, but I'm taking UNC. I'm taking UNC, and go ahead. You want to take A&M? No, I'm taking, I'm taking A&M. I mean, it's, it's no disrespect to UNC. They're incredible, and... Again, and, and this is not like a when I when I make these picks, same thing when we do with NFL. It's not a cop out for me to say, but I won't be shocked if yeah, no, X, I, Y, and Z happens. Yeah. Like if North Carolina comes and wins, like I'm not gonna be like, how did I not see that coming? But AM is pissed. They're gonna come out and try to play UNC and knock them the you know what out. And yep. Because they feel disrespected and that's right. And we've talked about them. Maybe we'll talk about them after Christmas, about how this has all gone down. But A&M should be ticked off. They will be ticked off. And they're going to demolish a UNC team that is great, but has not gone through what Texas A&M has gone through, does not have the talent. And A&M is going to be P.O.'d. I love her. And they're gonna they're gonna be trying to make ESPN highlights, and that's gonna be the deciding. I love everything you said. With that said, I disagree. A and M has already had twelve players opt out, and we've already seen an SEC team in this situation, and that's Georgia. Georgia was left out of the playoff when they were absolutely deserving to be, and they were a five seed, and they came out and looked like ass against a Texas team. I've already mentioned it. This is the third time now mentioning it through these picks, and they got steamrolled. I'm not saying that a Jimbo Fisher-led team and this team will do that. This defense is fully capable of slowing down this high-octane UNC offense. But the way UNC has played now down the stretch, 
I'm in favor of them, and this would be amazing for Mac Brown to win this football game and incredible for their recruiting, and it would just give another oomph. I guess I'm just really biased for the ACC. I'm picking a lot of big ACC. Of course you are. Expecting their offense. Yeah, because we know Notre Dame is going to join the conference. Because <laughs> they should. They won't, but they should. But, yeah, I'm taking UNC. Now, I have a thought for you here. I think okay. even if we don't do a show Saturday, which we might not. We're, we have to. We got to. Do you want to save the playoff picks for, like, next Monday night if no. you do a show? Well, you want to do, do it now? Let's do it. Okay. We're, I mean, we're going to do a show. I mean, if you, we're going to do a show. Yeah. So if you don't want to No, wait, we'll absolutely do one. I don't know if we'll do one Saturday. No, we're, we'll doing one, we're doing one Saturday. We'll definitely do one, though, Monday or Tuesday. We're, we're going to we're gonna do one Saturday. We got it. So either way, we'll do it before the... But we, all right, we'll do it now. Let's keep it going. We got we to do the one Rose, Saturday. The Rose Bowl moved from Pasadena, taking place at Jerry World, 4.30 New Year's Day. Notre Dame, Alabama. Go ahead. Sorry, Dennis. You guys are going to get wrecked. Shocker. <laughs> um, I mean, I hate to see it because I would probably root for you guys um, just because I don't want to see Alabama on anything, but you guys are going to get wrecked. Um, I think it's going to be a close game up to halftime. Notre Dame might even be tied or with a field goal lead at that point, but by the end of the game, Alabama is going to – Run a mugshot with you guys. Okay. Uh, I disagree. Not completely. Alabama's going to win the football game. Yeah. <laughs> they are the best team this year. It's by far. Look, their defense has been suspect at times, but there are not too many teams that can keep pace with them offensively, and we just saw that on Saturday when Florida tried to and just couldn't because they couldn't mm-hmm. slow them down. Now, to be fair, I do believe Notre Dame's defense is better than Florida. And I do believe Notre Dame has a better running game and better offensive line than Florida does. Agreed. I do not think Notre Dame is going to get shellacked as everybody is believing. I I think everyone has in their mind, and they should, because, again, Notre Dame on a big stage just showed you what Notre Dame is against Clemson. Right. They showed up, and they just looked flat. You got shellacked. (laughs) Yet again. Yet again on a big stage. And everyone's remembering the 2016 BCS championship game when by halftime – the game was over, and yes, me, Dennis Vinci, was in my bedroom. You were there. You came and watched yep. some of that game. Yep. But by halftime, I was there with more than 12 beers deep, just like, okay, I'm just going to listen to music and forget that this game ever happened because I watched every game this year and was all in for an undefeated season. We finally got it, and it didn't happen. And this is a similar year, and I already had that in the ACC title game against Clemson. I think they will keep it close enough. I just don't believe Notre Dame has the offensive firepower to stay with them. I think Alabama will still win by 14. I just think that Notre Dame's defense is good enough where they will keep it close enough. They're not going to get blown out. It's not going to happen. And, Dennis, I know we got more picks to get to. We got, like, two more. Only one. But uh, remind me, once we're done, to bring up one more question I have. But continue. Okay. So we're both on Alabama. I think that it should be obvious. I think, and again, this is going to be a rematch from last year and what many people wanted as the national title game because obviously LSU was running amok through everybody. I don't even know if amok is the right way to no, describe that. No, that's correct. Yeah, okay. That's what and that is. could be Alabama this year. It very well might be. Which but, it probably will be. But Ohio State, Clemson, I am taking Clemson not because Ohio State has played less games, not maybe because Ohio State is maybe healthier and maybe fresher because they have played less games. I think Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. He is Trevor Lawrence, the best player in college football. 
and their defense has looked suspect at times. But what they showed me against Notre Dame, the, the, the adjustments they could make, what they could do to a scrambling quarterback in Ian Book, how they shut down that run game. I don't know if they can completely shut down Ohio State. And Ohio State has some weapons in Master Teague. Hopefully he's healthy. And, of course, we saw what Trey Sermon can do is coming into the backfield. But they are looking ahead, and they could do that to Najee Harris for Alabama, who scored five touchdowns in the SEC title game. I, I just think Clemson is on a tear they saw what happened to them in November at South Bend, and they've been on a mission ever since, and they just looked at that as, we didn't do this, we didn't do that, we didn't do this, and we didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Well, now we have Trevor Lawrence, and we did this, this, and this, and they blew the doors off of Notre Dame, and that's what I think would have... It, I'm not saying it would have happened in November, because I don't want to believe that, but it very well could have happened, because that's how good the they are. Like, everyone happened. came into this season... Saying the same thing. And we have the playoff, and that's what everyone's joking about. Like, oh, the playoff committee, like, we want drama. But did we really get drama? We could have been in July and be like, oh, I could have told you who three of the four teams were. Well, three of the four teams probably are the most deserving of anybody. And maybe you make an argument against Notre Dame and Texas A&M, but outside of that, fine, Cincinnati. But the group of five is never going to get in. There's been a clear gap in college football. It is Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and everybody else. And I just think Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, that's the edge. I know that Ohio State will be able to go toe-for-toe. Toe. It will be one of the best college football games we watched of all of this year. But when you have the best player in college football, that's the edge. Yeah, Dennis, i, I got to disagree with it to an extent. I, I don't think this will be – I mean, to an extent, maybe it'll be toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I think first half, it'll be toe-to-toe. -to -toe. But I think second half, Clemson just runs away with this. I I, I just oh, don't. I thought you were going the other way there. No, I no no absolutely not. I Clemson's gonna win this. Clemson's gonna run into Alabama in the final, and Alabama's gonna win. And and that's my my opinion on that. And I mean, again, like with my picks, <laughs> Clemson Alabama, throw my hand arms up in the air, hooray hurrah! Like can't wait for that. Like. It, you could have told me before the season started that would be uh, whatever. Like, as as a an American Conference fan, like I I could honestly care less because I could have told you four years ago that this was <laughs> this is what the what the championship would be. But but that having been said, like this is the reality and 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 that's what it is. And Dabo hates Ohio State with a burning passion, clearly, and uh, doesn't think that they deserve to be in there. I have my strong opinions and I've expressed on the show that while I think Ohio State deserves to be, it is a top four team. I don't think they should be in there. Um, but I mean, this is a situation that none of us ever thought a year ago that we would, that we would be in. So uh, here we are. But um, again, I think it, it comes down. I think Alabama will be the eventual champion. I think Clemson beats Ohio State. I think Bama takes care of Notre Dame very easily. And I think we have a fantastic matchup, honestly, with, with Alabama and Clemson. I think it's a great game. And I think Alabama does eventually get the edge, and and, and that'll be that. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and, well, you, I don't even have 
the ASCII you just said it, I would say let's go really quickly because obviously we'll be able to talk about it next week before the playoff. And then obviously, sorry we'll, if I got ahead of ourselves. We'll, no, we're good. We'll have the playoff, but I agree. I think Alabama is destined to win the national title game in part three. That will be Alabama versus Clemson. They will take the two to one edge. And Dennis, I mean, again, we have we have listeners. Actually, no, are... wait. The win for the first time because Sean Watson beat them. And then, yeah, and then they killed them. I'll have to do some research on that. Yeah, well, we'll be back. Um, but yes, it will. I be, mean, it will be the third time that they face. We are obviously game. well past the longest episode. It will be two-two because technically, two years ago in the first right. round, Alabama and Clemson played, and right. Alabama beat them like twenty-three-three. So it will be two-two technically, but in title game preferences, Clemson will have gotten that right. for the second time. Uh, or the third time, excuse me. So we are obviously. Well past what has been the longest episode of Matt and Dennis. And I... I if not the best. I, I was about to say, I, I think I can speak for Dennis and say this is probably the best episode we've had. Um, thank you to Dennis, obviously. And uh, uh, my uh, pops uh, and uh, friend of the show, uh, Big Dom, uh, for coming on. This was awesome. Um, at a time where I think Giants fans need to vent, and uh, we need <laughs> we need optimism, <laughs> and this is also uh, a day or two before Christmas. So I think with everything that has been going on, uh, and we have a, I think we have a couple more shows before we reach the year twenty twenty one, but um, it's been a good show. I I personally I'll give Dennis the invisible mic again here in a second. But thank you all so much. We have, again, probably have a, at least one or two more shows, um, hopefully in person, before uh, we reach the new year. But I want to say happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas. And uh, to you and yours, have a happy, healthy new year with all things that we've been going through. We made it. Let's keep pushing through it. Thank you so much for listening. Dennis, I'll give the mic to you for a minute. No, 100% echo everything you said. Look, we joked about it, but it's it's totally true. Dom, big Dom Scarano, the best guest we've had on the show by far. Knew what he was talking about. Brought the heat, brought the fire, and uh, the ashes are still smoldering over here in the basement of the Matt and Dennis studio. My feet are on ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but absolutely, absolutely happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, which I do believe is still going on to this day. Like the day that we are currently recording, not like to this uh, yeah, day. I don't, I don't know what day. Like, could have uh, been it, it it might be. Who the hell knows? I don't celebrate it, so I don't know if it is. I think it ended already. Did it? I think it. I think it ended. Yeah. That's a shame. But hey, happy. is it a is it a business day type thing, or do they celebrate the weekend? Eight <laughs> straight days. Is it just straight? Hey, if it's still going on, maybe keep. You know what? Keep that menorah lit, man. Who says you got to blow it up? Uh, Keep that. I mean, people keep their Christmas decorations up yeah. past the New Year. Just yeah, keep that. Keep that sucker lit. You know. Screw it. Kwanzaa. I don't know what you have, but whatever you got, keep it going. <laughs> also, Merry Christmas, and also, most importantly, appreciate anyone that has been listening to the loyal fans. Whether you're laying in bed, in the car, in the cubicle, working from home, chopping wood, feeding a bunny rabbit. Romania. Yeah. Uh, we're playing we're Romania. Madden 05 on your GameCube. Whatever you're doing, if you're asking Alexa, if you're asking Siri, 
We appreciate you listening. Because it's been a good year, man. Romania, United States, obviously. Uh, Singapore? Singapore. Ireland? Ireland. Are we in France? Maybe. Maybe France or England. Thank you guys so much. We like croissants. Croissants are really good. <laughs> have, have a Merry Christmas. Um, I we, almost dropped my croissant. <laughs> next time we talk to you, we'll be after Christmas. Yep. Hope, uh, hope Santa's been good to you. Be good to each other. Thank you so much. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Matt Dennis Pod. We're on Facebook, Matt and Dennis. If you got some great topics, please let us know. If you want to come on the show, let us know. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. We'll get you on the show. For my good friend, Dennis Vinci, my name is Matt Scarney. Be listening to Matt and Dennis. Have a very happy holiday. Have a very Merry Christmas. So long. Dennis. Adios.